1: Hello and welcome to Flaunt, Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle, and today we are going to talk about protecting yourself after infidelity or betrayal. And yes, we're going to talk about the practical things like protecting yourself legally and financially and emotionally and all that, but we're also going to talk about, most importantly, we're going to talk about the whole idea of protecting yourself. And letting go of this false belief that you can protect yourself. Not that I want you to feel hopeless or lost or anything like that. Not that I want to depress you. But the fact of the matter is you can't protect yourself all the time. I can't protect myself all the time. The world is unpredictable. The world is crazy. Other people's actions are predictable. Fate, chance, whatever you want to call it. There are certain things we can do to make ourselves safer, sure, but also things just happen, and it's okay. And when things just happen, bad things happen, it doesn't say anything about you. It doesn't say that you're a bad person. It doesn't say that you're ugly or, you know, incapable of holding a relationship or a bad mom or a bad wife or a bad person. It doesn't mean that God is against you. It means nothing. It literally means nothing other than a bad thing happened to you, and that's okay. And of course, you can gain some new information, so maybe going forward, you can protect yourself in new and different ways, but at the same time, sometimes there's not even really a huge lesson in it. Sometimes things just happen because things just happen, and that's okay. And that's what I really, really, really want to hammer home and to talk about today. The fact that things just happen and it's okay and being hurt is actually okay. It's okay to be hurt. It's not fun. It doesn't feel good. I'll tell you some great stories about what happened to me this past week. But it's also okay to be hurt. And sometimes when you can actually get into that head and heart space of bring it on, it's okay, let the other shoe drop, it's okay, that's when you really know that you have stepped purposefully and powerfully into your most authentic, most spiritually connected power. Now, before we go into this, I want to ask you a favor. Will you please go to BetrayalRecoveryGuide.com and download your copy of my Betrayal Recovery Guide? I want you to do that because no matter what phase of the journey you are in, having a tangible Betrayal Recovery Guide is something that you can hang on to. You can hang on to it physically. You can hang on to it emotionally. It's something that you can rely on. It's something that you can go to. It's something that you can use to protect yourself. It's something that you know that you will have. So no matter what happens, you can be like, well, I can go to the guide and I can figure out what to do. Because how often have you been like, I got to Google that. I got to figure it out. I don't know what I'm going to do downloading your copy of the Betrayal Recovery Guide at BetrayalRecoveryGuide.com will do just that. It will just give you that thing to hang on to so that no matter what happens, you'll be like, yep, I got it. We got this figured out and I am going to be okay. All right, let's start with some of the practical before we move into this whole conversation of you can't protect yourself (laughs) and it's okay. And you're not supposed to be able to protect yourself. Let's talk about some of the practical things that you should do after you have been betrayed. Ideally, you should do this before you've been betrayed. But again, how do we know? We don't know until after the fact how to do things. And you know what? Before we even go into those, I am going to tell you a little story. I'm going to tell you a little story of what happened to me last week that really sucked. Last week, my husband and I had one of those dream trips, one of those amazing trips that we were looking forward to, that we were so excited about because we'd been really stressed out and we needed to relax. We were going to fly to New Orleans. We were going to spend a day seeing the Mardi Gras parades, doing the whole Mardi Gras thing. Then we were going to hop on a Disney cruise, which is one of our favorite things in the whole world. And we were going to spend five days on board, laying in the sun, going to Mexico. Then we were going to spend one more day hanging out and having fun in New Orleans, post-Mardi Gras, before flying home. Well, wouldn't you know it? The very first day we got there, I got pickpocketed and I had my entire wallet stolen. Not just a credit card, not just some cash, but everything. Every single credit card, every single joint credit card, our bank cards, my bank cards, our credit cards, my driver's license. I even had my little Disney Vacation Club ID and my AAA membership stolen. We are talking everything stolen. We had all the cash, minus $40, stolen. And I had my cute little pink wallet that I really, really love stolen too. And let me tell you, it was awful it was freaking awful. I hate the feeling of being violated. I hate the feeling of unfair things happening. I hated the stress of being trapped, of not being able to do things like, oh, buy food, (laughs) let alone buy something fun because it's vacation. And it was awful. And I think the worst part about it for me was the fact that I knew better than what I did. I know to use money belts. I know to use travel purses. I know that if I'm in a busy location to put a backpack on my front, not on my back. I know to not have my wallet sitting on the top of things in backpacks. I know to separate my credit cards and my cash and put them in different locations. Like, I know all of these things. I know to make photocopies of credit cards. I know to do all of these things. I know how to do them guess what I had done when I had my wallet stolen? You guessed it. Nothing. I had done none of that. And it sucked. I hadn't done any of it. And, you know, I I have excuses, I guess, if you want to call them. I got, I got busy. I truly, you know, it was one of those things where you land early and you can't check into the hotel. So you check your bags and then you just take off. I hadn't had the chance to like sit down and get organized and separate my stuff. And then even though originally I had a shawl that I was wearing over my backpack to protect it because I was aware that's the whole thing I was aware the whole time. I was aware that New Orleans is a bad place for pickpocketing. Even though I was aware, it got hot and I took my shawl off and I pulled my zipper down to like one side and I had moved my wallet to my fanny pack. But I stopped in one store and it was busy and it was crowded. I mean, it's the middle of Mardi Gras, right? And it's a tiny store and all this stuff. And I've got, you know, my purse and this new sack and there's all these people around. And my money belt fanny pack thing is really tight. And I thought, I just don't have the time right now to try to lift, take up, take off my coat, lift up my shirt, get my wallet shoved in here. So I just took my backpack off and I tossed my wallet on top. And yes, I zipped the zipper's like down on the side so it wasn't an easy open because I was aware. I was aware the whole time. But I still made a mistake. And wouldn't you know it, it was about 10 minutes after leaving that shop that I asked my husband, hey, will you check my backpack? Because I had a weird feeling. And guess what? It was wide open and my stuff was gone. And yeah. As soon as we sat down and made the call to the first bank, there had already been transactions on that first card that we called. So bam, 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 within probably 30 minutes, they had already made a charge. And I knew it. And I was aware of it. I was so aware of it. And I know better. And I made a mistake. So I beat myself up. Why didn't I know? Why didn't I do a better job? Why hadn't I just taken the time to sit down in the hotel lobby? Blah, 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 blah. But the bottom line is, I didn't. I didn't. And you know what? It's okay that I didn't because I'm human and (laughs) because I do trust and because most people are good people and because it just happened that way. And even though I had several moments over the next few days where I really did beat myself up, where I really did think, you know, what's wrong with me? Blah, 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 blah. The experience really did help solidify in my heart, in my soul, in my whole being that it's not my fault. I could have done things to protect more, of course, but this is not, this is not a blame thing. This is not a commentary on who I am or what I'm worth or how smart or stupid I was. This is one of those things that happens. I can't tell you how many people commented on my Facebook, and if we're not Facebook friends, reach out, we should be, but how many friends commented on my Facebook like, yeah, that happened to my mom once. Yes, that happened to me when I was in wherever. Oh my gosh, that's the worst. I know someone who... Getting pickpocketed happens. It just happens. Identity theft, pickpocket, losing your credit card, whatever it is, it happens. And it really sucks. And there are things that you can do to protect yourself. And also, sometimes, even when you've done all the things to, to protect yourself, sometimes it still happens. And that's okay, too, because that's the way the ball bounces. And fortunately, (laughs) there's a lot of fraud alert things in place. Fortunately, there's a lot. You know, you can do your um, identity theft protection. You can do all of that. So fortunately, there are other steps that I can do to protect myself going forward. But the bottom line is things happen. And that's what I really wanted to talk about today. You have been betrayed. And if you're anything like me, And so many of the people that I coach with, you've spent a lot of time and mental energy and heart energy thinking things like, why didn't I know? What could I have done differently? If I would have only seen the signs, if we would have only had this knowledge, if he would have only said this, or if she would have done this, or if I would have, Monday morning quarterbacking it. And while that's perfectly normal, and while it's good and healthy to go back and connect the dots sometimes, because then going forward, we can be like, hmm, I've had this experience before, and this time, what I've learned is, and then we can do that. It's also really important to know that it is hindsight that you're seeing this experience in. And the phrase hindsight is 2020" is a phrase because hindsight is 2020. And because none of us have that 2020 vision going forward. So, what I really want to do is help release you, get you off the hook for any feelings that you have that you did things wrong, that you were to blame. That if only you would have paid more attention to your partner, if only you would have had more sex, if only you would have cooked more dinners, if only you would have gotten babysitters for the kids and done more date nights, whatever it is, I implore you just to stop because that's not it. Perhaps it was a contributing factor, but that wasn't it. Just like when I had my wallet stolen. Was me putting it in my backpack a contributing factor? Yes, it absolutely was. Was me being distracted and taking my shawl off over the top a contrib- contributing factor? Yes, it was. But you know what caused it? What caused it was a bad person coming up, unzipping my backpack, reaching in, grabbing the wallet, and stealing it. What caused it was the bad person who did the bad thing. And I also want to be careful around this because I don't want to say that your cheating partner is a bad person. I don't want to put that judgment around them, but what they did was a bad thing. So what caused me to get pickpocketed? It was a pickpocket. It wasn't me. There were things that I did that contributed to that. But I'm not the one who's at fault. I'm not the one who is to blame for somebody else choosing to do something bad. And that's the exact same scenario that you were in. That's the exact same situation that you were in. Of course, there were things that you did quote unquote wrong. We're human. We don't know. Of course, there were things that maybe you did or said that contributed to your partner choosing to have an affair but you did not cause the affair unless you took your partner by the hand and you led them to another person and you said here go have sex with them that is the only way that you caused an affair i don't care what you did or what you did not do you did not cause it and you are not to blame yes it's important to look at some of those contributing factors so going forward you'll have more awareness Not even for just a romantic relationship, but just awareness for humanity, like, oh, when people are hurt, they need this, or men need validation around this, or whatever. Sure, it's important to be aware, but you did not cause this, and it is not your fault. And because you did not cause it, and because it's not your fault, you also, breathe with me, (laughs) are unable to fully protect yourself. From that. Ah, does that seem scary and terrifying? Breathe. It does seem scary and terrifying, but let me tell you, it's, it's not. It's freeing. It's freeing. There's a lot that you can do to protect yourself. There's a lot that you can understand and learn and do and process. But the bottom line is, things happen. And when I talk about developing self-worth, and when I talk about stepping into your power, the kind of power and the kind of self-worth that I'm talking about is the kind of power and worth where you can breathe, you can open your heart, you can open your chest, you can hold your heads high, you can drop your arms by your sides, you can relax your shoulders, and you can say, it's okay. Bring it on. Whatever it is, it's okay. I can handle it. I can get through it. I might not like it. But it's okay. Because I'm strong enough to deal with it. After my pickpocket incident, like I said, I spent a few days where emotion would really come up. And I was good at identifying and feeling like I have that sick feeling in the pit of my stomach. A couple times I cried. A couple of times I'd be like, oh, help me drain this. Help me get through. I need a hug. I would feel it and I would process it and I would breathe. And I would say, I don't like this feeling in my body. There is this feeling of guilt and shame and regret and fear And I don't like this feeling in my body. But I really tried to feel it without adding to the fire, without stoking it and making it worse, just feeling it and breathing it and acknowledging that it doesn't feel good. Being victimized in any way doesn't feel good. And yet, it's okay. And wherever you're at right here, right now, today, I'd like you to spend a couple of minutes doing the same thing. <sighs> Scanning your body. How do you feel? Is it is it a good day? Is there some tension in your gut because you're waiting for another shoe to drop? Is there an impending sense of doom? Where is that? Is it in your head? Is it across your ears? Where is it and how is that happening? Feel. notice where it is you don't have to attach to it but just notice that this doesn't feel good in my body this feels anxious this feels heavy this feels like flighty like I gotta get out of here notice what it is and notice where you're feeling it and then just welcome that feeling just be with that feeling And you can even, if you'd like, ask that feeling, What are you here to teach me? What are you here to teach me? And you can affirm for yourself, I I am okay. I will be okay. This too shall pass. But in this moment, what are you here to show me? I'm listening. What do you want me to know? And without trying, just notice what thoughts kind of bubble up in your head around that. And really the key is not trying too hard, but just letting them pass in and flow. And then being okay with that. Because so often the more we try to shove something down the more we get in that state of, I got to justify it. Yeah, well, I could have done this. Well, yeah, you should have walked behind me and protected me. Well, yeah, you should have told me to do this. Well, yeah, you should have, or he should have, or I should have. The more we get into that kind of self-righteous, protective, defensive mode, really, the less we learn and the less safe we are. Because we all just want to be safe. We all just want to be protected. We all just want to be in a world full of good people. So when something bad happens, what can you see that is good? How can you see the situation differently? Took me a couple days and that's okay. But I did come to this place where I thought, you know what? I'm actually kind of glad it was all of our accounts. Because sometimes I've had some subscriptions that I keep meaning to cancel and I don't do it. Sometimes something has been put on, you know, one account that really should be put on another account and things are just kind of a little bit messed up. Sometimes I'm not sure where that number is. And this is a really good opportunity to just start fresh. To wipe it clean, to make sure I know which credit cards go where, to know what subscription is doing what, where, when, why, and how, and to really do a fresh start with my accounting. And I thought that's, that's what it's there for. It's here for a fresh financial start for me. And thank you. It's not something I would have chosen to do myself because it feels overwhelming. Did you just hear that? It's not something I would have chosen to do myself because it feels overwhelming, but I really needed that fresh start. How does that apply to you and your affair recovery journey right now? Because I felt like my marriage needed a fresh start. I felt like my identity needed a fresh start, but no way. Was I going to do that on my own, unprovoked? It truly took the devastation of finding out that my husband had been cheating on me for 15 years with five women to be able to go back through, to be able to scrub up everything, leave no stone unturned, And to really clean up not only our marriage, not only him, but me too. And would we have just done that on our own? Hey, I know, let's just completely destroy our marriage and rebuild it. What do you say? That doesn't happen. How is this a positive thing for you? What are you rebuilding now? That really could use some rebuilding. What do you need a fresh start on? Now that's not to say you're not entitled to mourn. Of course you're entitled to mourn. Of course you're entitled to grief and pain. Of course you're entitled to your feelings, whatever those feelings are. All I'm asking is for you to lean in. To what works about this situation? What works about this situation? What is something new and fresh that you are rebuilding because of it? Because when you get to that place, like I said earlier, that place of, you know what, bring it on. It really sucks, it really hurts. I really don't like the pain. I really don't like the embarrassment. I really don't like whatever it is. But you know what? Bring it on. Let's do it. That is your place of power because you know you can handle it. And that you can create exactly what it is that you want to create on the other side of betrayal. Do I want to reset all of my payments, all of my utilities, all of that? Heck no. It's a total pain, but I can do it. I don't want to, but I can, and I will be better because of it. What about you? I didn't want to dig this deep into my marriage, (laughs) but I'm happy that I did. I didn't want to learn this much about trauma, but I did, and I'm glad that I did. So bring it on. Is there another shoe that's going to drop? I don't know. But I know you can handle it if it does. Is your marriage going to survive? I don't know. But I know you can handle it if it doesn't. Are you going to find new love? I don't know. But I know you can handle it either way. Is a romantic partner going to cheat on you again? I don't know but I know you can manage it. And that is truly the strength and the power that I am talking about. That quiet knowing that I can handle it. Even if I don't like it, even if it hurts, even if I have to grieve and cry and rage, I can still get through it. And it's okay. Because I know that who I am is fundamentally good. I know that I am not the cause of this. I know that my soul is pure. My energy is pure. My heart is pure. My intentions are pure. I know that I've messed up. I know that I've made mistakes, and that's okay. And what I want for you is that exact same quiet knowing that you're a good person. You're a capable person you're a human. You're not perfect. You're not supposed to be perfect. And that whatever happens, you absolutely can handle it. And, and this is the most important thing, you will be better off after than you were before. You will always be better off after than you were before. Because whenever something is destroyed, it gives you the opportunity for a fresh start. Whether it's the financial fresh start or the emotional fresh start or the relational fresh start, you will be better off than you were before. And I can promise that. Now, practically speaking, yeah, let's talk about some of those practical things that you can do to protect yourself. You know, like I was saying, I could have. Taken photos of both sides of my credit cards and IDs. I could have used a money belt. I could have done all of these things. So let's talk about some of those things that you can do going forward to protect yourself, knowing that while they can't 100% protect you from everything in the whole world, that's okay. And really, you probably wouldn't want to be protected from everything in the whole world either. Because then you would truly never have an opportunity for a fresh start. Which is weird to think, but it's true. Okay, fine. financially. I've already talked about this. But start gathering your documents. Start taking some pictures of things. Yes, you need to put them in a secure folder, you know, all of that good stuff. But yeah, ID, social security, passports. Find out what accounts you have whether they're individual or marital accounts start making lists you can do a spreadsheet you can just type it up in a word document if that's easy for you if you even just want to write something down you can do that too but it's harder to protect something when it's written in pen and paper than when it's in a secure folder or a secure document life insurance health insurance Investments, 401ks, IRAs, what benefits do you have at work? What benefits does your spouse have at work? How many accounts do you have? Do you have checking? Do you have savings? What about credit cards? Credit cards to stores, credit cards to gas stations, credit cards to just like general MasterCard Visa. What credit cards do you have? What's your credit limit on those cards? What's the APR on those cards? Can you get the APR lowered if you call? Find out what is in your spouse's name too. If you were divorcing... Your spouse is compelled to release all of that financial information. And yet still, sometimes people hide things. Depending on the depth of your situation, sometimes there's like forensic accountants that you might need to call in. You can do a lot just Googling your spouse's name. Former names. Alternative names. Start digging around. Get a copy of your credit report. It doesn't, it's not like, oh, this is only something that you have to do if you're going to get a divorce. This is something that all of us should do periodically. Because let me tell you, just with getting my wallet stolen, I thought if I had a spreadsheet with everything on it, it would make it so much easier then for me, trying to do so much of the stuff by memory, like oh, who is my power or my you know electricity provider? Who is the sewage provider? Who is, who who has an account on file? Where? How is it getting paid? Is it an automatic you know debit from your checking account? Does it go through a credit card? Where are all of these payments coming from? Get that spreadsheet. Login information. Everything dates things get paid. It doesn't have to be sophisticated. But just start gathering information. Nor does it all have to be done by tomorrow either. Depending on how you're feeling, you can do this in 20 minute increments. You can do it in hour increments. Whatever works for you. If you've got on a roll and it's feeling good, do it. But don't beat yourself up. And like force yourself to all get it done by tomorrow because that is not going to work. Just slowly start chipping away, figuring out what you've got. It's also a good thing if you've got minor children to get some information on that. Make sure you've got their birth certificates, social security numbers, things like that. Do you have any bonds Sometimes when a baby is born, they will get like a, sa- a savings bond. Do you have any insurance policies on them? Just start putting all of that together so you can know where you stand. What are your obligations? Next thing, I want you to start looking in, depending on the state that you're in, do what is divorce like in your state? I don't care if you intend on getting divorced or if you're like, no way, we are working this out. I am totally inspired. This is the best thing that can ever happen to our marriage and I'm all in. I still want you to educate yourself about the divorce laws in your state. All states are different. But just find out, is my state a 50-50 state? Is my state, some states it's no fault divorces, some states still have fault. Find out what is the period of time that it takes to get divorced in your state. Is this something that can be done in 90 days? Or is this something that's going to take you two years to get through? Just start getting some general information. You can Google. You can find out a lot on Google. And most divorce attorneys offer a free consultation. Take advantage of the free consultation to find out about your state's laws and where you stand. If you've got a spouse that is maybe a spendthrift or that you're concerned is going to spend through some assets, you can get some temporary orders in place. Temporary orders will do things like freeze different accounts or limit what somebody else can spend or protect some of the assets. So at least if it's a 50-50, for example, if it's a 50-50 state and you have $100,000, it will get $50,000 for you, $50,000 for your spouse. So if your spouse spends $50,000, it comes out of their half, not your half. Do you need some temporary orders? What do you need? Find out the difference between separation and divorce. Educate yourself. What would you get roughly in child support? There's child support guidelines. What would you get in maintenance and for how long, based on how long you were married and, you know, what you guys, your income is? Just get information. Not that you're going to do anything with it or not, but just start protecting yourself by getting information because that way you'll know. In addition to that, I also think it's really, really important for everybody to have access to credit in their own name or access to a certain amount of cash in their own name. One of my friends, actually, who was going through a divorce, her husband pulled a nasty deal and froze all of their accounts and she literally did not have enough cash To fill up her gas tank. And she was trapped. Yes, she contacted her lawyer, and her lawyer unfroze their accounts and got the money back. But in that moment, she couldn't even fill up her gas tank. Where can you stash a certain amount of cash so you're not put in a situation like that? Even through my pickpocket thing, I had 40 bucks stashed. That 40 bucks got us through the whole week. (laughs) It was not fun. And I wish we would have had more. But you know what? We had 40 bucks. What do you need in cash? And where can you keep that? And again, the credit, it's not about lying to your spouse. It's about protecting yourself. If you need help, if your spouse freezes the credit cards, what can you do? Because chances are you can't apply for credit in the af- that, that afternoon and get a credit card that evening. You could be really stuck. So know your rights and just be prepared. If you never have to use it, that's glorious and wonderful. But just be prepared. I also want you to be prepared with your health. If you haven't had a physical lately, go get a physical. I don't care if your partner said they used had safe sex or not. Go have some tests done. Make sure you don't have any STDs. Make sure your body is healthy. Get your blood work done. Have a mammogram. Have your annual exam. Do whatever you need to do to just take care of your body and to make sure you've got that healthy baseline. Again, Not because, you know, something is going to happen and you'll be out of insurance, blah, 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 blah. But just to make sure that you know where you're at with things. To do everything that you can to protect yourself, to get all the information that you need to make it work. I also want you to start thinking about the things that you have in your house. Your personal effects. Your property. What properties do you own? What vehicles do you own? How are they titled? Is the title of your car in your name? Is it joint? Is your name on your husband's car and he has a big loan? Just figure it out. What are the actual things that you have in your house? What are the artifacts that came from your side of the family? What are the artifacts that came from his side of the family? Do you have jewelry that is meaningful to you? You have heirlooms. What did you buy together? And what did you come into the relationship with? Again, just start making some lists. You can walk around room to room with your laptop and just start making lists. We bought this bedroom set together. This living room set was mine before we got married. The silverware is from my great-grandma, Betty. The china is from his grandfather, Bill. Just start making lists. Then with sentimental things, photo albums, if you still have photo albums, baby books. What's around? What do you have? What do you want? In many states, Things that you came into the marriage with, like heirlooms and things, can be yours. But then, if you've commingled them, like an inheritance, it becomes a marital property. So, take note of that. Yeah, I got a $5,000 inheritance and I kept it separate in my name. Or, yeah, I had a $5,000 inheritance, but I put it into our joint funds because we were going to go to Europe with that money. Just start taking notes remembering. Again, not that you're going to do anything with it or not, but start educating yourself and protecting yourself, which will then prevent you from being blindsided in the future. If the other shoe does drop, even if the other shoe doesn't drop and something happens, an illness, an accident, an injury, you'll have it. Because like I said at the beginning, there's things that we can do to protect ourselves. And even if we've done it all right, things still happen. And no matter what happens or doesn't happen, it is not a commentary on who you are or what you're worth or how good or how bad you are. God is not out to get you. You are not being punished. But how can you stand in your strength and stand in your power and stand in that divine knowing that, you know what, I can handle this. It doesn't matter what comes my way. I can handle it. I don't want to, but I can. And I am prepared. Because it's a lot easier to handle something when you're mostly prepared. The difference between me handling my stolen wallet, had I been prepared, would have been quite a different story. I would have easily had access to a new credit card number. I could have easily logged into different apps and different things. It would have made figuring out new payments easier. I could have filed a police report more quickly because I would have had my driver's license number. It could have made made my life easier. I can handle it either way, but it would have made my life easier. So what can you do right now? Legally, knowing your rights. Financially, figuring out your money. Materially, going through your home. Making lists of property and things and where they came from. And then also emotionally. This sounds funny, but I want you to make a list of the people that you can go to for support. If you don't have a therapist, but you have insurance, consider just making an appointment and getting to know a therapist. Just so you have somebody on speed dial that you've at least connected with once that you can at least say, yeah, I really liked them. Or you can be like, "Mm, I had to go through three different therapists before I found someone that I liked. Have a primary care physician that you like. Reach out to different affair recovery places online. See who you like. I always offer a free 30-minute consultation. Reach out to me. Let's sit down over Zoom and let's just talk. And you can let me know who you are and what's going on. And then you can be like, dang, she's awesome. I really like her. She's on speed dial. If I need help, I know who to call. I know how to get an appointment. Or you can say, even though I don't want you to say it, you know what? She was nice, but we don't really resonate. And I think I'm going to reach out to some other people and to see who else is out there that I resonate with. Because that way, again, no matter what's going on, You'll be like, yeah, I really liked that Laura gal or yeah, I really liked whoever and you'll know where to go. Write down the list of friends. It could be a friend that, yes, is in your life very actively right now, but it could also be somebody in your past who you really connected with, but you've just gotten busy. Reconnect with them just just to say hello, to see how they're doing to see if you still feel that connection with them. If you feel like sharing with them what's going on, that's great. And if you don't feel like sharing what's going on with them, that's great too. But you're just putting the feelers out there and you're building your network. Financial planners also oftentimes offer free consultations. Edward Jones, places like that. You can go in and be like, I want to learn about investing. I want to learn about an account. I want to learn. Go talk to people. You don't have to say yes or say no to anybody. You can just let people know, I'm here to learn. I've had some changes happen in my life. There might be some more changes coming up in the future. I just kind of want to get my ducks in a row and to figure some things out. Can we talk? I want to know what's available to me. And they will help you. Yes, people want to get paid for things, of course. But at the same time, people also want to work with people who they want to do business with. And that's why I and so many other people offer the free consultations, offer the free appointments, because let me educate you and let's get to know each other. Because this is some deep emotional work. That's why attorneys do it for free too, usually for that first consultation. They want to know that you're somebody that they want to work with and that you want to work with them. I want to work with people who I vibe with. I want to work with people who I'm comfortable working with. You want to work with people who you're comfortable working with. You're not inconveniencing people by reaching out. So reach out take advantage wherever you can of consultations, of information, of services. You can ask people, do you have a financial checklist? Do you have a divorce checklist? Do you have a property checklist? Oftentimes, if you've done a will, you will also have a list of property, like stuff and where it goes. Check out your will. Do you have a will? What happens in your will? That might change now that you know infidelity has happened. Whether you stay together or not, your will is kind of a controlling document. Check it out. Just read it. See what's there. See what needs changing and see what needs updating. Now is your chance for a fresh start. Now is your chance to educate yourself, to protect yourself going forward. And I want to wrap up by bringing it right back home to the whole idea that these are some ideas, these are some things for you to do to protect yourself, and it's wise to protect yourself, and it's good to protect yourself. And I strongly encourage you just to spend, like I said, whether it's 20 minutes a day or an hour a week or whatever it is, just spend some regular and consistent time chipping away at this. But I also want you to build up your skills for handling trauma and drama. I want you to build up your resilience. I want you to know that it's okay if things happen, that things, bad things happening say say nothing about you. I want you to learn how to breathe and to flow emotion through your body. I want you to learn how to get yourself out of the fight, flight, freeze response and to be okay no matter what. Whether it's infidelity, whether it's another D-Day, whether it's divorce, whether it's staying together, whether it's an accident or an illness, it doesn't matter what it is. You've got this. And my biggest hope for you is for you to relax into the certainty that no matter what happens, I've got this. One last reminder to go to BetrayalRecoveryGuide.com and to download your copy of the Betrayal Recovery Guide so you can have that thing to hang on to. In the meantime, take steps to protect yourself, but also relax, knowing that you're going to be okay. There is a force greater than you that is keeping you safe and protected at all costs, even when it doesn't seem like it in the moment. Have an amazing week and always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. Do you feel betrayed by life, your body, or by someone that you love? You are not alone and you are not weak or overly emotional for feeling the way that you do. Betrayal is one of the most overwhelmingly painful experiences to navigate because it strikes at the core of who you are and what you are worth. No matter how gutted you feel, there is hope. You can flourish, not in spite of your experience, but because of it. I know. After 23 years of marriage, my world was shattered when I found out that my husband had been cheating on me with five different women for 15 years. I lost everything that day, my identity, my worth, and the future I had worked so hard to create. While it was a long and arduous journey back to myself, today I know who I am, what I want, and I am happier and more confident than I ever was before. I've got what I call naked self-worth, which is the ability to see, Know and love yourself for who you are, not for what you accomplish or for who you are in relation to others. No matter what has shattered your heart, if you're ready to get clear on who you are, what you want, and to learn how good life really can be, then life choreography is for you. Even if you feel too old or are too busy because you have kids at home and you're in charge of everything. Life Choreography is a comprehensive five-month, five-step program that empowers you to strip out of your labels, roles, and scripts, and to reveal yourself as you are, not as you think you should be. To learn more, go to NakedSelfWorth.com and download your free guide that shows you how to untangle yourself from the past. Reclaim your sexy and start re-choreographing life on your own terms so you can love and be loved for exactly who you most authentically are.
0: Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love. After Infidelity or Betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal recovery guide at nakedselfworth.com. This
1: podcast is sponsored by Better Help. Have you been struggling lately? Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated. I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time. And for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced help therapist Special offer to flaunt create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal listeners you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com/flaunt that's betterhelp h e l p .com/flaunt f l a u n t thanks again to betterhelp for sponsoring this
0: podcast.